hope you guys find anything. No, we were just leaving. Now, 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 Kel. Let's not be rude. Maybe uh, Pootie can help you find that shirt you like. It's Rudy. What's Rudy? My name. I messed up my name on my name tag, and well, they wouldn't let me do it over. And they made you change your name to Pootie. <laughs> just on my name tag. Oh, man. I pulled a nerve of those shirts. You know, that makes me angry. That makes me real. <laughs> Oh, well, I think I found what I'm looking for. <laughs> Stopped it, really. <laughs> huh? What'd you find? Well, you know, <laughs> what I'm looking for. What'd you find? Never mind. Welcome back to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you're thinking that my name is Adam, you'd be right. And if you're thinking that my name is Aaron, you'd be right again. Yes, and uh, we are joined for the first time with a third. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's <laughs> ominous. There's a, there's a storm right outside here. <laughs> I can hear, yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're joined by our, our wonderful fan, Wesley, from the UK. Hey, guys, it's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, well, Wesley uh, and I connected over Goodreads. Uh, with a, he, I was looking up the various Keenan and Kel books and novelizations and stuff that they have out there, and he happened to be an expert, one of the few people that's reviewed Frank and Kel. <laughs> I'm sorry, is it, I think it's like Frank Kelstein. I, th I think it's Frank Kelstein, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, what, half a dozen people on Goodreads who've ever read that book in like the last 20 years. Yeah, and you, you being one of them, uh, like really. Being one of them. <laughs> I had no idea that real people wrote the goodreads reviews i didn't know that was like, i didn't and i did not think i would ever meet somebody who thank i i feel like i'm talking to royalty i i figure with genuine high profile books there's got to be a bunch of kind of junk in there but i don't think anyone's paying anyone to review frank elstein you know no way no way absolutely that's not. true true uh keenan and kel love right there so yeah i, I sent you like a message about the book and then you're like hey i actually know the podcast you're talking about <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm following you on twitter i'm like oh yeah you are <laughs> come on for an episode that, that was amazing like i am i saw i had a message from adam Le and before i even like <laughs> read the message i was like well this has got to be about keenan and kel like there's no way there's <laughs> two, two adam lemmas in the universe <laughs> that i'm aware of you know <laughs> that's on keenan and kel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, great to have you. So tell us a little about your Keenan and Gale history. So I'm, I'm based in the UK, as you said, and um, uh, growing up, Keenan and Cal got big here a year or two after it did in the States. So Nickelodeon started airing it here, I, I think in 97, so like a year after it started in the US. Um, and then around 99, uh, the BBC started airing it as well as part of their like children's BBC strand. Um, so it was around 99, 2000 that I really started getting into it. I was eight, nine, ten years old around that time. Um, and it was, it just seemed to explode at my school. Like everyone was really into it. It was like everyone was jealous of the people with cable who could watch the newer episodes <laughs> on Nickelodeon before it hit free to air BBC. Uh, um, right. Yeah. So I, I, I got completely hooked. Like I was already into some of the Nicktoons. Like I, I watched a lot of Rugrats and Hey Arnold. Keenan and Kel was the kind of, the first live action Nickelodeon series that really grabbed me. Like I, I, I stumbled onto an episode one day 
And I'm fairly confident that that episode was Closed Encounters, the episode we're discussing really? today. No which is, way! Which is why I suggested that maybe I could join on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I tuned in halfway through, and like I was just, I was enthralled by the farce. I fell in love with Kel immediately. Uh, I started to proselytize about the show to my friends. Um, and yeah, it's remained an all-time favorite ever since. Like, you know, I've grown up. Obviously, I've got into a lot of so-called adult shows over time. The Simpsons is my number one favorite show ever. Keenan and Kel is right behind it. And when I tell people that, they often give me a kind of sideways glance. But I, I rewatch the show pretty much every year. And my wife is really into it as well. I spend a lot of time, you know, persuading my sister and parents to get into it as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a huge part of my life for like over two decades now. It's awesome. That is so cool. Wesley, was was this like kind of love for Keenan and Kel the thing that got you into like reviewing TV and movies? Because I know you said that you do that. That's right. Yeah. So I write about TV and films in my spare time. As I say, I was into cartoons and I got into The Simpsons around the same time. But Keenan and Kel was like a stepping stone to kind of getting into sitcoms in general, I'd say. Um, like it felt more adult than a lot of the other stuff I was dealing with, while still obviously being very accessible to a kind of nine, ten year old. Nickelodeon in the UK was the UK home of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Sister Sister, which I oh, think okay. had on I think they had on regular networks in the US, but they they're kind of a step up again. So it was definitely that stepping stone into getting into adult shows. And yeah, it's just one of those like I have such huge nostalgia for it, but also it it just holds up really well. One of my first paid commissions was to write about um, the top 100 greatest TV Christmas episodes of all time. Oh. And I was like, finally, someone's <laughs> going to pay me to write about the Christmas episode of Keenan and Cal. Oh, I couldn't, so I couldn't justify putting it at number one, but I put it pretty damn high. And I, I was thrilled <laughs> that someone just paid me a couple of bucks to write that entry, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome stuff. Honestly, I see that everywhere I look, like across Twitter and stuff like that. Whenever people rediscover Keenan and Kel, they love it. They say it holds up. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so many tween sitcoms, and I genuinely don't think it's biased. You know, I've shown people Keenan and Kel as an adult to adults who haven't seen it before. Yeah. I show them favorite episodes, the Christmas episode, Parental Guidance is one I go back to a lot. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, genuinely, people say. Actually, this is pretty decent. This this holds up as like a regular sitcom. This should not be tween only Nickelodeon stuff that should have been left in the last millennium, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, the thing that I love about it is exactly that. It actually explores some themes about growing up and being an adult and having to work and having to exterminate a rat and, <laughs> and, and, and having trouble picking up women and like it's it's this whole kind of like exploration of what it means to to kind of become an adult in in chicago in the late 90s it's really kind of a um, a historical piece that explores these adult and coming of age themes so i i love that you love it uh for those reasons and, and similar reasons that we love it T- totally yeah i mean you're right it's specific to that 90s experience in chicago and yet there's me in suburban england like finding a connection there you know like <laughs> yeah, that's it, right it's, it's, it's so specific it feel, obviously it's you know it's set <laughs> it's shot on a stage but it's got a chicago vibe to it but those coming of age elements that kind of bridge between like youth and adulthood you know keenan's clearly got his first job they're getting into schemes that they kind of have to find their own way out of sometimes uh, it, it definitely felt that it's got that kind of aspirational feel that when you're 10 years old you're like yeah, you know, when I'm 15, this is the kind of life I'd like to lead. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's get into our, our episode that we're t- talking about today. This is episode 19 of season three, Close Encounters. They get into actual clothing disputes and 
in situations. And uh, Adam, if I I might uh, recall some of our previous episodes, and Wesley, you might. Uh, Wesley, are you familiar with the uh, our analogy of the counter? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of counter hopping in this episode, and I think mm. that has that has a, that that's going to play into our our discussion here. And if it doesn't, then I'll force it to. Uh, uh, <laughs> another big staple of our show is talking about the fashion of the '90s and what they're wearing. Yeah. So there's plenty to go on here for sure. Yeah. I'm not I'm not convinced that some of these things people actually wore in the '90s or '80s or any other era. But we'll get yeah, them. we're about to see some from the uh, the Dakin Herman collection that. <laughs> <laughs> call questions. Uh, so uh, let's get to the show, shall we? Let's do it. Keenan and Cal emerge on stage. Uh, Keenan is wearing a blue and orange ensemble, and Cal's got like a gray outfit, right? Uh, white shirt, black jacket. I actually, I love that we always start by describing their clothes in this episode. <laughs> it's about it's about clothes, right? Keenan lets the audience know that uh, they're going to be falling off the edge of their seat this evening as a comedy show but uh, and Cal uh, does not like that idea he wishes it, would, it was a different kind of show a fashion show <laughs> all these staples of the fashion show uh, suddenly kick on one of my favorite bits about this is like the the narrator like the way they get launched yeah. full on into fashion show like it's not just Cal get some crazy clothes on but like we have the narrator we've got the music we've got the whole fashion show vibe and Cal's rocking this like one piece polyacrylic sunsuit i think they described <laughs> that's that what they call it <laughs> that's right yeah so so kel is just wearing his his outfit here and then this narrator voice comes on and adam do you have the line i, I think i wrote it down but yeah. i don't know if i can pronounce all well, these words he says that uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh is de- debuting the deka herman fall collection which, as you right. know, is one of the writers from, from the, of the show. Oh, yeah, Deka Herman. She was uh, the writer of uh, the one that we just did, the uh, a picture imperfect. She had like a call on that one too. She didn't write this one. This was written by uh, a one-time writer, uh, Aaron Drew Hirsch. So uh, kind of a weird de- debut this in season three that we talk about this too. How it's like, boy, well, just. One occasion, Cal shows off his first outfit. He goes back and, yes, as Wesley said, the uh, one-piece polyacrylic swimsuit. And what a swimsuit this is. I, I'm very impressed by this by this swimsuit. I don't, I don't know where they found it. I, I don't know what era this is from. I, I, I don't know what. It doesn't feel like 90s. It feels sort of like the 20s, like those muscle suits. Right. It's kind of like a unisex, like... Um, like, cause Kel is rocking it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got, uh, he's got the sunglasses, the beach ball, and then he's wearing like leather shoes. Are they sunglasses or are they just like glasses, glasses? <laughs> I really am not sure. <laughs> Whatever is it works in the beach, beach ball too. And he, he's loving it. Speaking of loving, Keenan's like loving this beat. Like as Kel's getting changed and like, he's like, you know, dancing to a bob in his head. Keenan interrupts his good time and says, there's plenty, there'll be plenty of time for trying on outfits in tonight's episode. Come on, snazzy. And uh, I, I do want to point out that Kel did like a quick costume change here. It was pretty fast. I gotta yeah. say. And it's like 10 seconds. There's one cut in there, but Keenan's doing the exact same thing. So I feel like it wasn't, they just cut the wide. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, very impressive. So Wesley, um, I think I, I think it'd be a good chance to kind of explore some of the big the big I don't know the things that make Keenan and Kel what this show is while you're here because you are probably even more of an expert than we are. What do you think about this uh, intro outro on the stage? How does that make you feel? What are your impressions of it? 
in general. Uh, as a kid, I found it like really unusual. Like it made the show stand out to me from the other things I was watching at the time. I guess I didn't know it was like a callback to like earlier stage type things. I just thought it was something different that they came up with themselves. Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. I think I think it really helps to like bookend the show. And Keenan and Kel is inherently the kind of show where <laughs> the ending doesn't always resolve things immediately. Like they get stuck in a situation. Totally. There's, there's no way to write themselves out of in 30 seconds. So I think the stage conceit works really well to kind of put a capper on things while still letting the audience feel like they ended up in a kind of crazy situation that like felt like the perfect conclusion of what the episode had been building to. I agree. It's pretty, it's also some pretty like unique bookends to the, to the show. You know, other, other shows weren't really doing this. I think uh, Amanda Show had some of that vibes, but ba- it was basing it off of <laughs> Kanke's success. So yeah, I, absolutely, yeah. And I do think that it is nice to kind of remind you that, like, oh yeah, that was a show, right? It's like because all of these episodes end in these like dramatic and and ridiculous ways. I think I would like the show less if it was just the the episode itself. <laughs> Yeah, I would feel like terrible right. about their situation, but it's it's almost like a safety cushion. Absolutely, right. and I and I kind of like that they embrace the staginess of of it. You know, yeah, like exactly. Kim Kel obviously has DNA dating back to like the silent comedy era and like pantomime, like all sorts of stage performances over the years. And I like that they embrace that and they don't just like pretend that all of this is actually being filmed in like an actual supermarket or in an actual yeah. house. And in this one, they yeah they show you they treat it as a fashion show. They use do something that you wouldn't be able to do in another show. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Enter Rigby's, and uh, and Keenan gets uh, rousing applause, which <laughs> is a little bit more than usual. So yeah, the audience like, is geared up here. It's fun hearing that for Keenan with a, 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 a candy bar. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> they can make anything funny and fun. Uh, uh, he is so excited yeah. to eat this candy bar that he it slips out of his hands across the counter. Yeah, it's it's a nice bit of physical comedy for Keen and obviously the show often relies on Kel to kind of deliver these set pieces and it's nice to see Keenan get a moment all to himself early in this episode mm-hmm. for sure. He also gets some all to himself at the end of the episode too. He <laughs> sure a, does. <laughs> with a big uh, Kel sandwich in the middle <laughs> or like he right. Kel's all the filling of this one. That's right. So the candy bar falls, Keenan reaches to grab it, falls off the counter, uh, and then Chris comes in. He's like, Keenan? Keenan, you know, Chris always just no clue what's going on. Um, and then Keenan jumps up and scares him. So that's, we like, we like a little Chris scare. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought this was an okay Chris outing. He's only in this one little scene. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and he's in the scene to deliver Keenan his paycheck, his payday, I should say. Not, not, not quite a check, not quite a direct <laughs> deposit. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, just a handful of cash right out of the register. <laughs> so, did 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 you guys have like? Obviously, you're a little bit younger, but like, is this how things work in America, or is this just ridiculous? Corner uh, shops uh, back in this cash era, it was similar, probably, but I think there's a little more paperwork involved. Unless Keenan's like working under the the counter. Well, in, in this episode, he literally is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's not really. Uh, it, it's very confusing what's happening. I did get when I worked at a restaurant. I did get my tips paid to me in just cash. So I would get they and they would sometimes 
try to switch out the ones, but sometimes they didn't. So I'd get like 80 ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, thank you. Uh, so that's, that's as close as I get. Um, yeah. I don't handle much, much paper money these days. Yeah. It, it feels like a throwback in some ways. Right. That element is even more dated than the clothes. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're so right. I, I will say the clothing store aspect in the mall is very on point. I felt this exact same way at the, at the outlets, the Philadelphia outlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the retail hasn't changed a whole lot, but no. we'll get there, people. We'll get there. Um, so Chris starts to – Keenan looks at all the money. He starts fanning himself. And then Chris starts to just kind of grab a couple – like, oh, this one is I'll, – I'll take this for when you showed up late last Tuesday. I'll take this for when you st- uh, broke the jar of pickles. I'll take this for – oh, can't forget the lawnmower incident. <laughs> And then he just takes a little extra because Keenan's a pain in the butt. Yeah. I like how Keenan assures him that you know, the police officer said that the lawnmower accident was an old lady's fault. And then Chris is like, oh, okay. And he doesn't give any money back. <laughs> uh, fortunately, Keenan has enough money to afford the next the video game that he wants to get. Yeah, Bone Shredder 2000, right? Which uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are big Simpsons fans. I got total Bone Storm from the Simpsons. Oh, vibes, yeah. That kind of late 90s video game. But if you wanted to come up with a generic video game name from that era it's like a... stick 2000 on the end some kind of <laughs> violence in there it's about right yeah it's probably some kind of doom clone i imagine yeah <laughs> so i mean it sounds like fun so oh for sure keenan knows what to do with his money cal shows up and keenan is kind of gloating so i guess who's got enough money to buy in bone Bo- Bo- 2000 <laughs> Ooh, michael jordan <laughs> no no not me <laughs> i don't know michael jordan has a lot of money <laughs> Perfect Cal logic there. Yeah, a lot of Cal logic this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enter uh, our favorite couple, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Rockmore. Yes. Uh, they're grabbing a couple things at the corner store because of uh, a baby shower that Cheryl's throwing. Wesley, did, did you take uh, extensive notes? Do you know how many ladies are going to be at the Rockmores? <laughs> I, I I believe it. it take, is it 22? And it's Kel, 22, like, yeah. It takes 22 women to shower one baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what Kel says, yeah. It, it makes perfect sense that Kel would not be familiar with the concept of a baby shower at all. I totally buy that. <laughs> that yes, a good writing, good logic. Yeah, um, I also think when I first saw this episode, I didn't know what one was either. Yeah, you know, I mean, like eight, nine years old. I can't. This is probably my first exposure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and Cheryl, you know, she has like a nice educational moment here. She goes like, "No, a baby shower is when you know, it's like you celebrate before you have a baby and you have a party." And then Kel goes, "But why you got to clean it or, or something like that?" Must <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be. It takes twenty-two women. <laughs> <laughs> must be a dirty baby <laughs> yeah he he's just stuck on that idea like they keep explaining it to him. and then eventually keenan's like did you hear anything we just said I was like, no no <laughs> perfectly delivered but hey uh, it's it's quitting time 12 o'clock on the on the dot keenan <laughs> leaves immediately to go to the mall it, it is definitely not quitting time first off i'm a little confused because usually payday is on friday maybe it was a little different back then <laughs> but uh oh, it might have been on saturday who knows um midday saturday i guess midday saturday but i feel like he shouldn't be leaving like how could he have done a full shift by then there's no way rigby's <laughs> is opening at 4 a.m it, it's also it's 12 o'clock it's like lunchtime isn't when they, they should have a lot of traffic it's, at they the should morning. be getting people in for some like snacks yeah wesley do you have corner stores in your town we do yeah there's a corner store we generally call them news agents here i like because they're famous for selling newspapers okay yeah cool. there, there, there's one about 100 yards from my house 
and it's a similar vibes to Rigby's. Honestly. Oh, cool. Like, okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> kind of independent, not a lot of stock, what, what, one of everything, you know. But, uh... <laughs> that's uh, ubiquitous. Yeah. <laughs> It just makes sense. Like you, sometimes you just need like a little bit of uh, an ice cream sandwich here or there. But exactly, yeah. and and they were the last store in my town to start accepting credit card payments. So. Oh, wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. You guys yeah. have uh, what are they? <laughs> Love those Cornetto cones. cones over there, right? We do have Cornettos, yeah. absolutely, and that they are a newsagent staple for sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before Cal leaves, he uh, says, "Don't forget the soap," and he grabs a bar of soap and he. <laughs> <laughs> hits uh, hits Roger in the head with it, adding to the tally of things that hit Roger in the head. And the look on Ken Forey's face is amazing. You can tell that like he was not expecting that, or he's surprised. He's and like Cheryl's like covering his face to hide him cracking up. I I, I agree. I mean, it's either really com- like sometimes I think he is on the on the verge of breaking at Cal's antics, and this is <laughs> this is one of those times. And we talk about this often, but our favorite scenes are the scenes when a character. You know, like one of these actors breaks character because it's just so some of these things are so ridiculous. Like Kel is just just smiling, (laughs) smiling the whole time. And he just straight up throws the bar of soap and hits him in the head. (laughs) It's so funny. It, it really is. There's no way that I could keep a straight face if I was witness to this or involved in it. Just no damn way. No. So let's uh, let's join them with to the, at the mall. This entire mall scene takes place in two, three rooms, I guess, <laughs> technically, of this uh, clothing store. Did anyone of you see the name of it? I didn't catch one. I don't remember hearing a name. Right. Didn't see a name. Looking up this episode, a lot of clothing stores call their place Clothes Encounters. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume that's the name of the store. Well, there you go. Make it yeah, easy. that works. Uh, so uh, Kel... It, as they're walking to the video game store, is immediately entranced by oh, what what piece of clothing, Aaron? So it's a camo shirt, but it's not your normal average everyday camo. It's a bright green camo. Yeah, some real '90s camo. Which which matches Ke- the shade of Keenan's shirt, which is a bright green, like you know, one of his checkered shirts, open Oxford, whatever. And then he's got the. Yeah, the Oxford. Oxford is in <laughs> England. <laughs> wow. I don't talk to many. I don't talk to many people from across the pond, but this is exciting. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited to hear an American utter the word Oxford within initials. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kel sees this shirt and immediately goes in and wants to try it on. Uh, is this a, a similar experience to the shops in, in England? Is it, clothing retailers, are they like this? Uh, honest, honestly, to be honest, clothes shops look very similar here. There's the kind of dressing rooms off to the side or to the back. Yeah, nothing about this was alien to me when I first saw it. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, g- generally, there's not kind of a couple of uh, crazy guys performing slapstick through the middle of the store, but like <laughs> everything else looks pretty in line with how I'd expect yeah. it. <laughs> so... Cal takes this shirt off the mannequin, takes his clothes off. He's wearing his, you know, tank top, and he tries to put the shirt on, but it gets stuck on his head. You know, if you were ever, if you were seeing Cal, you'd be like, wow, this person doesn't know how to put on clothing. We learned shortly after that's a small size on him, but I don't think he, this, that, you know, excuses his reaction of screaming and running around the store. <laughs> You mean you never put on a shirt one size too small and screamed and cried and destroyed the room in which you're residing? 
<laughs> Universal uh, experience, man. And he's like, I can't get it on. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he like runs amok in the store. And when this is happening in the beginning of the, the, the clothing store scene, you know, bad stuff is incoming. Uh, and then my favorite part is, is Cal goes, uh, he yells, I'm going down. <laughs> he just like, and then Keenan finally rips off the shirt after they destroyed this little store. And no employees come up and are like, um, can you please exit the store? <laughs> exit the store, go to the dressing room. Just, they don't mind. No, they're like, oh, okay. Cal <laughs> uh, wants to look around. Keenan wants to go to the video game store um, until he's approached by a cute sales associate named Rudy. <laughs> but uh, that's not what the name on her name tag says. Yes, uh, the name on her name tag is indeed Pooty. <laughs> That's a really great, like, one joke. It, yeah, it, it's genius. It's so simple. Like, it's just like a lineup. Like, Wesley, I have to ask is, is Pootie an English name? Because <laughs> it, it sounds like it. Okay, I'm going to take that as an insult to my customer. Come on. Apologies. No, no Pooties here that I'm aware of. <laughs> I think they should be. That's I'll, a good I'll, name. I'll, if, if, my, if my wife and I ever have a kid, I'll work on persuading her on the Pootie thing, but until then, I don't think there's a single one yeah right wesley i gotta ask okay so what are our uh, what are our accents like to you like how would you describe is it like a when you think of an american accent do you think of ours or do you think we talk too fast you definitely don't talk too fast i mean i i have american colleagues which kind of biases me a little. Oh, okay and so I, you, yeah, and right. I spend my childhood watching american sitcoms which is also a factor but for me not to go like to i don't know go off piece too much but for me there's like three or four different key american accents there's like southern kind of texan the kind of, of thing you hear on king of the hill there's new york city um there's california and then there's like generic american which is where i'd put you guys nice. not as an insult at all <laughs> but like you're, you're super clear like I, I can understand every word you just sound like if I was trying to imitate an American, which I will not do. <laughs> we won't. We funny. won't do the either or the other. Yeah. You don't do the reverse, but like you guys sound like the platonic ideal of what Americans sound like. <laughs> wow, yeah. I feel I feel like that was a compliment. Thank you, Wesley. Your voices are a pleasure to listen to each and every week. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> I, I guess I should ask the reverse, right? What does my accent sound like to you guys? On I, par. Yeah. <laughs> similar you sound like You sound like you're from England. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. I, I'm from, I think I'm, I'm from the Southwest and it's kind of a rural area. And uh, people around here tend to have kind of a farmer accents that like, who are that kind of uh, mm. vibe. But generally speaking, when I deal with Americans, they say I don't have that that sound, that cadence to my voice, thankfully. <laughs> What's interesting, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the show, HBO show, Mayor of Easttown. I have watched it. I love it. You watched it. it. Okay, yeah. so so she is right near where Adam and I are. And so there's, uh, there's, you know, Kate Winslet putting on a Delco, Delaware County. We're not quite Delco, but that accent, uh, like, so... I'm living in in the city of Philly right now, and it's like I get more of that accent coming through, which is just like this kind of like draw. It's like a little bit of a draw, a little bit of a, just like a slurring and, and fast talking. And anyways, I thought it was interesting. So um, <laughs> they have a back and forth with Pootie. Uh, Rudy. Kind of yeah, Rudy. Yeah, that's that's the that's the back and forth. That's the joke. Yeah. yeah. Cal's all they made it. They made you change your name to Pootie. 
She's like, no, no, I just messed up on the on the name tag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it can, she's all, can I help you find anything? And Kin's all, oh, well, I found what I'm looking for. And Cal just doesn't get it at all. <laughs> what do you he's find? Completely oblivious. Yeah, he's like, what do you find? Ultimately, Keenan trusts her to to show him some of their new gear, and that new gear. <laughs> uh, what does it consist of? Well, first off, she goes, "You guys should try our new gear." And then Keenan like has never heard the word gear before, <laughs> so he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, gear. Yeah, I like gear. I'll try on some gear. <laughs> show me your gear." No, not not to kind of dive in every kind of sentence, or whatever. Gear. In Britain and in particular Scotland, is slang for heroin. Really? Um, Whoa! More often used for for that than for clothing. So that kind that sequence kind of sounds a bit odd to English ears. For for us, gear is more like sportswear than I think like regular clothing, like uniform. Yeah, like knee pads and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You you learn learn something new every day. That's new. We're going to keep on learning as this episode goes. I'm sure. I'm sure. What? What outfit does she pick out for for him, Keenan? Aaron? Oh, oh <laughs> I thought you called me Keenan. Hey, there's too many um, people. I'm starting to so, add so, more people. She, she picks out rice paper and beanstalk pants. Um, Sounds delicious. <laughs> they're these white pants. They're all thick and like they, they clearly have no mobility. I don't know if you could even wash these pants uh, <laughs> without making a, a, a side they, they, fish. They, they disintegrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this this shirt. It's like a fish shirt, but it also has this uh, I would say wallpaper vibe to it. Oh yeah, '90s wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. It's like two dimensional fish serpent like art <laughs> and so this outfit is horrendous and keenan looks at kel like what is happening but i think this girl's cute so i'm gonna play along yep so they uh they go she escorts them to the dressing rooms kel grabs a bunch of crazy stuff off the shelves which of course he thinks looks good yeah do you guys want to describe what the uh wesley do you want to take a shot at calling out what kel is dressing himself into Oh man! So his his shirt is like almost like patchwork, like made of two completely different elements. Like the top, we've got this kind of yellow, green, and brown kind of stripy pattern, and then we've got blue like diamonds, uh, like shiny blue diamonds on the second part of it. It looks kind of bizarre. I, I feel like the pants are cut, or trousers, as we Brits say, were relatively plain in comparison. But that shirt, yeah, yeah. it's going to be in my nightmares. It, it almost has like mariachi sleeves. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a good way to put it. It's pretty insane. <laughs> so, Adam, um, I know we're I know we're kind of like you know making some moves on our future merchandise for for the uh, Keenan <laughs> Kell with Adam and Aaron podcast. Would you consider trying to find this shirt and and, <laughs> and sell it? Well, let me let me put it this way: if we find it, it'll be at the bottom of the of the, of the price tag. It's, it's at be, some thrift store somewhere. Yeah, it'll be a uh, <laughs> bottom shelf clearance. There might only be one, and this might be it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how if they mass produce this, but uh, maybe one day we can open a museum and just like start. We can just buy this stuff and have a Keenan and Kel museum. Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, so Keenan and Kel are are kind of gossiping back and forth about <laughs> as um as Rudy is kind of like listening in on the outside, unbeknownst to them, and uh, their their critiques on her. I uh, get 
meaner and meaner by the seconds. It's pretty intense. I mean, I think Kel starts off by saying she looks a bit desperate. Like, <laughs> Keenan's expressing interest, and Kel's like, yeah, she looks desperate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Keenan starts on the stupid, ugly rice pants, which, you know, justifiable. But that branches out into a bad-tasting clothing in general. And then Kel goes all in with her perfume stinking like a sweaty water buffalo, which is really below the belt. And, and, and meanwhile, okay, so they're saying all this stuff. Keenan's, Keenan's like, you know, I think for somebody who works at a clothing store, she'd have better taste in clothing. <laughs> and, and then you see Pooty or Rudy just kind of like hearing them and looking like the, the most horrified, disappointed, heartbroken that she's ever looked in her entire life yeah no she, she does a good job of acting like she's totally uh, distraught by this i, I want to uh, call it the actress uh christy ferris is her name and she uh she's done a lot of side uh, projects uh, additional voice work and stuff like that uh, in, in later in her career uh, she's very well known for her her five episode run on scrubs for some reason all of these like side characters in keenan kell season three also are in scrubs there's been a couple yeah I mean, she, she's definitely one of the more memorable one-shot characters, to my mind. She gets a good amount to do, and she she does a real good job with it. She's really convincing here. I mean, I think she'd be devastated even if she didn't clearly fancy Keenan. But given that that's happening as well, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's clearly, clearly crestfallen and has good reason to be. Just more salt in the wounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then and then Cal comes in with the, with the stinger. Uh, he basically says that she looks like she has a dead plant on her head. <laughs> Look at her as her hair. And her hair is in kind of like this high ponytail, and then the, the, the hair is kind of just like coming coming down at all, all angles. Um, and it doesn't look bad at all. And Kel's, like, Kel's just ruthless. He's ruthless to poor Rudy. He must have been inspired by uh, their, their trip to Chris's house in House Sitter. And all the plants died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they... They quickly learn, uh, a, a lady comes in and asks her to open up one of the doors, and that's when Keenan realized, like, oh, you've been listening in the whole time. You, you heard what we said about the, the sweaty water buffalo and all that? And she's like, yes, I did. And she's just uh, aghast, kind of storms away. If you're looking for me, I'll be watering my plant hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cal's still oblivious at this point, right? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, go ahead, have a good time. Real, uh, real Ed from Good Burger Moment. He's okay. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has these moments where he, he's kind of like in his own character, right? Like Cal is putting on this outfit. Cal's the hero of his own story this episode, and, and, and he's just kind of like in his own little world. Like he's got this outfit on. He loves how he looks. Um, and he, he does, he's like, doesn't care. Those people are backstage. Like it's, it's all about me right now. Yeah. This, uh, this doesn't match the, uh, the, the Kel that we saw like last episode, but it's a whole different one that I'm, I'm a big fan of. He's, as we're about to see, he's very positive. <laughs> uh, That's right. Keenan uh, is distraught by like the fact that Rudy's running away. So, uh, what goes down? Keenan is like, oh no, I just hurt this girl's feelings. Let me try to make it up to her by putting on this outfit that she gave me. So he's like, wait, wait, wait. And so he puts on the rice pants. And what happens to the paper thin rice pants? Paper thick, maybe I should say. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. Wesley, explain what happens here. They tear as he's trying to put them back on, inevitably. And this massive, great gaping hole appears. <laughs> Basically, it's in, a big in hole. two. <laughs> like, 
just attach to the mean, belt. They're, they're, they're no longer a pair of pants, it's fair to say. <laughs> they're, they're two individual <laughs> pants that are tied together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he heads back into Kel's changing room and uh, sets Kel the task of finding an identical pair. Uh, which I think Kel's response is, oh, it's going to be hard to find a pair with the same hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he leaves the changing room, goes into Kel's, and he is shortly runs into trouble because he locks himself out of both of them. <laughs> when he yes. could have just kept talking to Kel over the, over the wall. That, it, it, said, he really could have. It's not clear the advantage that he gained. Well, oh, here, here's what happens. He doesn't want Rudy to hear because he has now become aware that these walls are very thin. She already and so it's almost it. like a it's almost like a character development, right? Mid mid episode, <laughs> he's learning. He's like, "Oh wow, wait a second. <laughs> it's just so clumsy." Good for Keenan. Kel's on the case. Keenan's going back to his dressing room. Finds out he's been locked out. So he hides behind the clothes rack. <laughs> Kel, meanwhile, uh, is <laughs> like I said, hero of his own story, trying on this giant like purple and green cat in a hat hat <laughs> that hat is uh crazy like no no human would ever purchase that hat. It, I, i've only seen that hat on like crazy hat day i do want to say one thing about kel's changing room uh, uh sorry i'm going backwards a little bit but the the camera angle it, oh it, yes. like the changing room yeah i wanted to point this out so the mirror is the camera and so kel's kind of like shown off like his his look mm -hmm. and, and there's a couple of clips of this and so kel is like walking around the store with this same strut of like i look good <laughs> and so he's trying all this stuff on with this like i look good kind of like swagger to him yeah. and it's it's yeah. brilliant Another and meanwhile keenan is in his underwear Another thing to quick point out, uh, directed by Virgil Fabian, who we've called out on the show for having these crazy camera work and stuff like that. This is his, uh, you know, uh, like corner piece of the of the episode, this mirror camera. And it, look, it looks great. It, it's really good. It's really different for the show. And yeah, any opportunity for Cal to do some kind of dead on face, like just work his face. Like he's really convincing that he's he feels co a confidence he has never previously felt. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Which is hard to believe for Cal because he's a pretty confident young fellow. Yeah. As he's trying on this hat, uh, he's taking a long time. So Keenan rushes in and does what all kids do and hides in the, 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 the rounds clothing rack. <laughs> yeah, the, the little the circular one. Right. Yeah. yeah. He tries to get Keenan's attention. Says, "Pete, psst, Kel, psst, Kel," and, and Kel, <laughs> like he keeps ducking down, so Kel doesn't know who's calling him. He goes over to a lady and thinks that it, it's her. He accosts this random woman. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, "What?" And she's like, gets scared out of the store by that. The woman is so scared that she runs away, like in terror. Meanwhile, there's a, there's a, a boy in his underwear. Uh, <laughs> That they've harassed this young lady who works there. That they have now yelled at this customer, and nobody is kicking them out. Yeah, and it's not the first or last customer they're going to cost. <laughs> it just keeps getting uh, escalating from here. But uh, Kel's almost like it was almost like he works at the store now. He's like chasing this woman out the door, and yeah, and like I don't need yeah. Keenan tries to get his attention again, but this time Kel doesn't think it's a human. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that the person whisper, like whispering, pestering him is the uh, the mannequin. It's it's quite a scene of him like you know uh, confronting this mannequin. It's hilarious, and his face is he is convinced that the mannequin is trying to communicate yeah. with him. Uh, he, classic Cal. Even looks over his shoulder. He's like, "Hang on, Keenan. I'm talking. This guy's what's my attention." 
Right, right. So he he acknowledges where Keenan is. Keenan's been trying to get his attention. And he's he's still trying to communicate with this mannequin that doesn't have a head. Who's wearing all orange, by the way. Which maybe he feels like he can communicate with this mannequin because of their orange inside, outside connection. I, I, I now read into that. Uh, I enjoy oh. that logic. <laughs> that is some Keenan and Kel logic. Okay, so so now Kel goes over, and we got this great zoom in where Keenan's on the inside of this this uh, clothing rack. Kel is ne- they're both kneeling. Uh, Kel's on the outside, and, and there's like a hole, like a you know the Red Sea parts of, of the clothes, and they're like communicating. Mm-hmm. Does somebody want to explain their interaction because it was too confusing for me to follow and take notes on? It's a crazy back and forth. Do you have this one, Wesley? Cal reports that they had, uh, well, he reports they had no more uh, pants in Keenan's size. And Keenan's like, well, don't you think you should have come and told me? Cal's like, well, he's got this kind of twisted pretzel logic where he's like, well, I was gonna, but you were here, and if I had gone over that, then you wouldn't have been there. You'd have been here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, he has a point, but bad time to make the point. Totally valid in a way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, so Keenan then asks uh, Kel to pass on the message to Rudy to reopen his dressing room, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kel's like laughing at, at Keenan a little bit because of this. Uh, so Keenan's hiding. Kel's getting Rudy to open the door. Meanwhile, a man is reaching into the circular clothing rack. And and what does Keenan do, Aaron? Uh, he bites him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the man recoils drastically. Another patron looks at him, and he's just like, the pants bit me. And, and then causes he... the other guy to run away. <laughs> Keenan and Kel have lost this business. So many customers. I mean, clearly Rudy is, like, overworked. There is no no management here today. There is no one to deal with this situation. There's no one paying attention. Uh, So before Rudy uh, unlocks the the door for Kel, uh, she um, lets in this other lady into what she thinks is an empty uh, dressing room that Keenan was in. Can I describe this woman? Yes, please. Okay, so she has red hair, glasses... And like a uh, blue skirt with like a cardigan, and uh, and she has total like evil middle school principal vibes. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, especially with the outfit that she's about to change into. <laughs> <laughs> she's like straight got, and she ha- she does not care about Rudy like being all. Yeah, because Rudy, Rudy sees uh, sees right. Keenan's clothing in there and says, like, I can't believe people just leave their stuff about. They don't put it back on the rack. I'm so angry at my my, my job. I'm with her, you know. She kind of gripes about yeah. her job. She's like, she's looking at this lady. She's like, do you think my job is easy? I have to deal with things like, do you think this is an easy job? <laughs> at least she's trying to close the door. I'm like, preach, Rudy. Like, preach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, standing up for the minimum wage workers out there, 100%. <laughs> it's a great I, little I feel, moment. I feel bad that she doesn't, I mean, obviously comedy value, but I feel bad for her in that moment that this, <laughs> this woman's just like, please let me shut the door on you. <laughs> it seems like Keenan stole those clothes. I mean, yeah. at least the pants, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. It really does. That's not nice. <laughs> But she's but she's like so she's so confused. She's so she thinks Keenan's clothes are the store's clothes, and so in her uh, disgust, she hangs them up. Yep, I'll, I'll be honest with you too. This has been like a like a fear of mine. 
every time I, I buy clothing. <laughs> I'm always afraid that my clothes and what else the what happens after this rest of this episode will happen. That my clothes will be taken away and <laughs> strung up. <laughs> You're gonna have to start ordering clothes online, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very paranoid. Everyone, all right, go to like this. Polls. The rest of this episode does kind of seem like a like a stress dream. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so Keenan's clothes are now hanging up, right? And- she opens the door for Kel. He goes in. He sees this uh, this lady change into her outfit, and this might be my favorite part of the episode when when Cal just sees this lady in this red blazer and red blouse and he just like he just like like hypes her up <laughs> he, he is absolutely her like personal hype man he's like you do it girl yeah. <laughs> great I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty like mate helping her clap and like she, like spins her <laughs> Like, what, what a nice guy it's really nice i mean ultimately she's just wearing like a, a plain old red blazer <laughs> but i you know what i do kind of see videos like this on like tiktok every now and then it's just like somebody's being just a nice person right yeah. it's just like and it's not creepy but cal is just like yeah like let's go you look great it's so fun it's like nice yeah it's it, it, it's, it's genuinely nice yeah i mean as is so often the case with Cal, like it's possibly a little bit overboard, but it's a it's a real good example of him being a genuinely nice person in that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, then, uh, so he reports back to Keenan that your dressing room's open. Keenan sneaks in there, but his stuff's not there anymore. What is there, Wesley? So he gets there and uh, he finds the the uh, the middle school principal looking lady's clothes, and he gets in there. He's like, "Where are my clothes?" <laughs> looking around and um shortly uh he is confronted by the woman who's been in there uh, she's got this really shocked horrified appalled but like she finds this dude in his boxer shorts <laughs> holding this her like cardigan up to him to kind of cover himself mm-hmm. she is horrified and what he does for some reason is like put her glasses like on him <laughs> And like, kind of model the the dress a little bit. Like, what do you think? Which is yeah, I, a wrong, the wrong clear thing to do. Absolute desperation in the moment. Like, <laughs> I would be scared if that happened. It's very I, creepy. <laughs> yes, and she rightly freaks out at that this happens. And we we cut to commercial. He is going straight to her office for a talk. <laughs> yeah, we cut to commercial with Keenan like slouched, still in his underwear, just kind of like. What's happening? What? How did these past five minutes go? Like, uh, so after the commercial, Keenan sneaks into Kel's dressing room, and um, the lady comes back with uh, with Rudy to like say like, "There's a man in here." <laughs> like, Rudy makes sure the clothes is clear and s- sees that no one's there, and she's very much like, you know, was someone really in here? Which I do not think. This is not the time for victim blaming. Right, and then she like just closes the door on her and walks away again. Um, and uh, she's about to actually move the cart of clothes that Keenan's hiding behind. Oh, yeah, he's up behind that right now. But then Kel comes back, still wearing his outfit from the store, and he's asking her to open the open his door. So That's he can when get they get his in. Clothes. Yep. Yep. And then they get in. There's a lot of really good back and forths here with Kel being locked in the door, <laughs> being inside his dressing room, and Keenan can't get in. And he's just harassing the door. <laughs> and Kel's like, oh, just a minute. But because he's out there in his in his boxer shorts, doesn't want to be seen. Right. Yeah. So they have this little back and forth, 
um, and and they're both in their boxers, and they're just like he's like I need I need the pants or I need where where are my clothes? He's like you need to go out there and find my clothes. Um, but Keenan, I think at one point Keenan gives some sarcasm, like Kel's like, what are we gonna do? He's like, I don't know. I think we'll just wait here until they magically show up. And Kel goes, well, that's not a very good idea. We don't even have like a magic wand or anything. Kel leaves the dressing room, identifies the uh, the outfit on the wall, and points to it, and then go turns around. So, so being of absolutely no help whatsoever to Kel- Keenan. <laughs> I do want to point out, like, before Kel goes on his mission out there, um, well, like, right at, Keenan pushes him out, and then he goes back into the, into the changing room, and Keenan is, like, like, uh, like, twitching. Like, he is just, like, he, he's, a he's like, how is this happening? Like, I, I feel like he's really having, like, kind of a meta moment. He's like, uh, like, I can't take this anymore. I, I <laughs> like, think that's what, what he says. What is, yeah. yeah, I can't take it. I can't take it. It's like, what is this? This is too farcical even for me. There's no way this can happen to anyone. <laughs> right, he's like, this stuff keeps happening. Every week. <laughs> Every weekend something else happens. Yeah. On Kel's return back, when he passes the mannequin, he gives him, like, yeah. the, the thumbs. <laughs> fist bump. Yeah. Fist bumps yeah. him. It's great. Kel, uh, uh, prompted by Keenan, goes back to the the shelf, but the uh, the clothing is no longer there. Uh, what's happened? Uh, a patron <laughs> has looked at the clothes and thought that they were worthy of trying on. Yes. Uh, because he thought he would look good in them. So he takes them to the, the changing room. Kel, <laughs> on, on this guy's way to the changing room, he says, Oh, those are great clothes. They would look great on you. <laughs> They're Keenan's clothes that he yeah. is trying to retrieve. He directs them to the dressing rooms. He says that they're perfect for you. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> Kel sees that the Keenan's clothes are no longer the wall, and he has a mental break of his own. <laughs> Just <laughs> tries to cast some magic spells to make him return. <laughs> Like he's like just playing like peekaboo with the wall. <laughs> yeah, he, covering his eyes and then looking again. Goes right outside the shop to look if they're outside the shop. It's nuts. He takes somebody's somebody's like bag that they bought from another store and looks yeah. at it. Like, he's going ballistic. <laughs> he's I, I gotta, everywhere. I gotta say, I love it. What he grabs is clearly a prop bag. Because it looks like it weighs nothing. It's like yellow like a gift bag. And he flips it up and nothing falls out. <laughs> like Yeah. It's just someone's walk. It's just an extra walking back and forth, and he like yeah. harangues them. He climbs over the counter, like you said. The sales associates aren't doing anything. It's yeah, they're just, just like, "What's happening?" Yeah, this guy—they're just like causing havoc. Um, I, I really think that here, Cal knows exactly what's going on, right? <laughs> but he's so like present. He's so in the moment. He has no past and no future, <laughs> but he's like pure, like. Because like Keenan, he like knows where Keenan is. He knows what his task is, but he gets so like distracted by all these wonderful things in the store and helping people out. Yeah. He literally, I think at one point he says, "It feels good to help people." Like after he <laughs> yeah. directs the guy to the to changing room, he's just like he's he's living entirely just just here in this store. Well, he's it, so it, childlike and it's so wonderful at the same time. You said it earlier, once he puts on this outfit, he's like, he's transformed. He's got a, he's in the zone is what he is. He's like being his best self. It's almost like the clothing store for Kel. It's like all these 
people that he could be. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and him putting on outfits, he literally changes his being. <laughs> like, when he does that. Yeah. yeah. And like, maybe that, so... that goes to our theory of, like, past lives and things like that. Maybe these are, like, awakening <laughs> different, like... I... He's not Kel in those moments. He's other people. I'm telling you. I think, I think, yes, definitely. Yeah, he's not Kel, best friend of <laughs> Keenan. So whenever Keenan asks him to do something, he doesn't pay any attention to it. Makes a big scene, goes back to the changing room. And who does he see in front of the, the changing mirror, Wesley? Uh, he sees the man who's picked up Keenan's clothes. And does he say, oh, you're wearing Keenan's clothes? No, he's like, you're looking so snappy, man. I couldn't picture those clothes on anybody else. <laughs> Yeah. I also want to describe this guy because he is does not match Keenan's dimensions. I, he, he is substantially thinner than Keenan, and these clothes are pretty baggy, even by late ninety standards. Yeah, so I guess baggy on teenage Keenan is like you know regular size for this. I want to say like seven foot gentleman. <laughs> like he's a tall and slender man, as best as we can tell. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. There is no way that you would go up to this guy and say those clothes were made for you. <laughs> Aaron, how would you describe this man's physique? Uh, he looks like he's played football in high school. Now he is like in he's like in the working world, but he stays. <laughs> but but he he has a great haircut. With these nice sideburns and this fade on the side, like, he's got some style. And then he puts on these clothes <laughs> that just hide his physique. He's, like, hiding in these clothes. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, I really like him. So he goes to the, the front desk. Kel goes in the dressing room with Keenan. We got this camera angle looking at Keenan and Kel. I just want to say, uh, this happens twice. When Kel knocks on the door again, in a very fun, spirited knock, Keenan just yanks him inside. And the second time, he, like, pulls him into, like, the door frame, too. Like, it's... it's it's it, the slapstick holds up no matter what. Kel explains, like, oh, some guy's wearing them. I thought they looked good on him. And Keenan just does it. He's in disbelief at the situation that he's in. Uh, so what does Keenan do, Aaron? Keenan just, he, he wants to take matters into his own hands, right? So he, <laughs> he opens the door and he is walking with Kel. Kel is now uh, Keenan's shield. He's like trying to hide behind him. The guy is at the checkout counter and, and, and he's like, of course the clothes have no price tag. So he's just... <laughs> Rudy doesn't even care. She's like, okay, just give me some money. I don't know how this transaction's going. I question that Rudy doesn't care a lot about her job. She's having a rough day. Uh, she and it's hard work, as we've yeah, learned. It's hard work. She's having a rough day. Uh, she doesn't... She's not, like, apparently in on a lot of fashion trends. If she's, like, giving Keenan this, like, gear. Here, uh, the man leaves the store. And then, Wesley, what does Kel do? The guy leaves the store, and Kel follows him pursues him aggressively and just as they're about to head out of the camera's like shot <laughs> jumps on him like pass and he they fall and collapse to the floor yeah no that guy, that guy was made to take a hit like that <laughs> he's true. probably a stuntman now that i'm thinking was, about that's it. what i was gonna say he yeah. looks kind of like stunt double material right <laughs> maybe not right. double man stunt man stunt, stunt man material it's a proper big jump because like he, the guy's right there he's like two feet from kel kel could tap his shoulder there's a full-on jump right yeah onto yeah the yeah, yeah. Like, like, down. If, if he was in leapfrog position kel would have like cleared him like that's how big right. kel's jump is <laughs> i have to ask most of you he says this to uh to rudy i'm just gonna wear these out have you guys ever worn clothing out in the, of a clothing store? No. No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
That is very strange. Yeah, this is the only situation where I would see that possible. But like, you literally see like his belt, like is on the pants that he puts in. Like, what? Keenan's wallet is in there too, right? Like, that's the reason Keenan wanted to get it back, and all the money he just made. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. So. Out of nowhere, here's Keenan standing in the store. Kel's now gone, his shield. So Keenan's standing exposed with his underwear. Out of nowhere, these four little kids, <laughs> like, like at seven years old, eight years old, come. I, no, maybe younger, five I, years old. I don't even know. Yeah, I think six is where I t- tag them. Six, sorry. Uh, and why is there this gang of four, like, six <laughs> children in the shop? Apparently, kind of, on a, well... Part, kind of on a company, just stood yeah. there as a gag. <laughs> yeah, there's this little like, gaggle there. That's what I wanted to do when I was six years old. You know? <laughs> In yeah. that cl- adult clothing store. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that. That's really funny. I feel yeah. like they had more extras because this, this is an extra heavy episode. I feel like they had these kid extras and they're like, oh, we don't have anything for these kids. Well, whenever I see kids on the show, I they never have many lines. I always think that they're like audience polls. Which I feel like that feels right to me that they take kids like straight out of the audience, like, hey, come here and laugh at Keenan. <laughs> Good for you. So I, I could see that being possible, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in cases where there's like barely any dialogue, I mean, it makes sense. Like, how do you guys fancy actually being in today's show? Yeah, yeah that's probably a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they point at them. I think, what was the, the girl say to, to him? What a dummy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're uh, a dummy. You forgot to wear pants, is another one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's exactly what happened. I forgot to wear pants this one. <laughs> you know, um, and, and at this point now, the middle school teacher comes back with the security guard, the the mall cop, if you will. And I, I gotta say, good for her. This sales, <laughs> yeah. She saw someone in there. She saw something suspicious. The sales associate wasn't helping her out. She goes up to that higher authority. Kind of a Karen move, but also like a like you know, I would do the exact same thing in her shoes. I think in the circumstances, it's fairly justifiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's there with this this mall cop, and he's just like she explains like that's the guy that was in my room, and Keenan yeah. just as per usual can't can't get an explanation soon enough. There he is, get him, and he's like, oh no, and he tries to do a, a quick like dash away, and then you hear uh, another. Shh. Yeah, his actual pants have uh, <laughs> departed. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Um, Not only has his underwear ripped, they have fallen off. Yeah, that, that, they're, they're fully gone now. Um, is it, because I guess you guys spotted it as well. Like, as he runs out, we do see that he actually still is wearing yeah, some form you... of like boxer shorts, but he, he makes it clear to us by uh, saying that, oh, I'm naked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <he> <laughs> I'm naked. <laughs> And the officer, for some reason, picks up the pants and, like, holds them, <laughs> looks at the audience, <laughs> like, what? <Evidence. laughs> yeah, I like to think that that stays, like, an evidence locker in the in the mall from here on out. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I also think that he's having his own day of sorts, this officer, because he's just like, I'm not chasing a guy without his shorts on. <laughs> right. Okay, again, does this not feel like a stress dream? Yes, no, I've, it's literally a stress dream. Oh no, I'm yeah. in underwear. Oh no, I've got no underwear. Right, I have to run I have to run to safety with no underwear, which is what Keenan does now. Yeah, and this bit, this next bit is on, is on location. And yes. that kind of adds to the dreamlike feel, I think. Like, mm-hmm. this is literally a nightmare coming to life. And I gotta say, this is way better than any set if they were to film this on. But the fact that they're actually outside, I feel the, the embarrassment just so much greater. 
it, it, it does enhance that feeling, you know. If they were on a closed set, something like, you know, the fenced-in episode or something where it looks like they're outside, but clearly they're really not. I think it wouldn't feel as uh, kind of traumatic. But here you really, really feel for Keenan's plight. One shot's him crossing like a crosswalk, really holding his shirt down as best he can. Uh, what's the next shot, Aaron? Uh, it's a bus station with four gentlemen, all with something to do. Now, <laughs> let me tell you, this is quite the bus stop. The one guy's reading the paper, the other guy's like drawing, <laughs> reading the book. They're <laughs> all engaged in some form of activity. <laughs> Busiest bus stop ever. I know. And so Keenan just runs by quick, grabs the newspaper. They're all looking down, and then they all simultaneously turn their head and they're like, "What just happened?" It, it, the shot also like lingers for a little bit, which I find weird. I, it made me feel like these are like kind of known extras or something like that like maybe that's like some directors or some people related to the show that are just there you know perhaps yeah 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 but they, they just keep staring at him <laughs> as he leaves it's it, it's a lengthy shot like the guy pulls his sunglasses down <laughs> yeah, there's like a... <laughs> it, it because it's on location too there's no like laugh track or if there is it's very faint it's just it's it's crazy so they end with one of my favorite endings, I have to say. <laughs> this is really, really good. So, Keenan opens the door, the front door to his house, closes it. He takes a big exhale. Tosses aside the newspaper. <laughs> le leans back against the door. He's like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> and what's... Uh, we, uh we, we cut to the aforementioned baby shower with 22 <laughs> women. I mean, maybe not 22, but we're getting on for it. It's the most people we've ever seen in the Rockmore <laughs> residence, all facing directly at Keenan along with his parents. <laughs> his parents. <laughs> Kel's there suddenly. I guess he beat him there. So, someone's holding a camcorder like that video <laughs> his entrance. <laughs> yeah. Kel's all like, hey, Keenan, you're just in time to shower the baby. And and it seems like everybody is laughing at Keenan. Like like it seems. I don't know if they're. I don't know if Cheryl's mortified or laughing. I think I think mortified is a good word for Keenan right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this was literally a stress dream. Um, he just wanted to buy his his uh his game, Bone yeah. Destroyer. What is it? Two thousand. Yeah. Um and uh and he ended up just naked running across Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's the that's the episode. Uh, Aaron, did you see the the end piece? No, because Paramount Plus <laughs> is a big uh, thumbs down. Wesley, I'm sure you've seen it. I I, I have, yeah. So <laughs> I, I I have a kind of slightly interesting story about the like the end pieces. Oh, um, which is that when when they first released these like these best of DVDs a few years back, that were like they were manufactured on demand, but they were like official DVD releases. A few of them were missing the end piece, but not all of the episodes. And um, I was I'm friendly with the guy who at the time ran TV shows on DVD.com, a guy oh. called Dave Lambert, and he had contacts in the industry. Nice. So I said to him like, "Can you pass on like what's the story here? What's happening?" And ba they, he got in touch with the guy who like ran the Nickelodeon manufacture on demand, and he said basically all of the end scenes are stored on separate files on like the digital server they're all completely separate for whatever reason like the begin the opening credits and the beginning and the bulk of the show is one file and the end scene is a completely separate digital file labeled separately as like you know part a and part b of the show and they got he he didn't have access to those part b's like they were missing from the server or whatever Whoa. so there's a, so there's some there's some 
crazy kind of inside baseball going on with the like how the masters of Keenan and Keller actually stored there. Yeah, that, that's it. That's very interesting. What if you just expose them, Wesley? What if <laughs> what if they've been listening to this podcast this whole time, hoping nobody would bring that the up? Secrets out. Yeah, they, they just love the fact that we're baffled at every every episode. They yeah, it, they're they're hoarding they're hoarding these this end knowledge. cuts. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that makes sense. You know, despite the fact that it kind of like you know why are they stored in this fashion? My guess is that it's because like. And this ties into what we were discussing earlier. Like the pre-curtain scene clearly does generally, they f- continue filming nonstop straight into the opening scene. So like mm-hmm. Keenan and Kel get backstage real quickly. And whereas this scene, obviously there's a lot of prep for it and it is filmed entirely separately. Now, obviously, I mean, there's not, the show isn't just filmed in one take. So that doesn't really explain why this bit would have to be completely separate. But I guess there's some kind of logic in there. The DVDs have like a few missing we don't have Paramount Plus in the UK, so the only like streaming source of this is the Amazon Prime Video episodes, mm. um, which have like some of the ones that the DVDs are missing, but is missing others. I- I've learned why uh, one of them is not included, uh, why um, Bag and Sag and Kel isn't, and that's because in the uh, in the right the bag off when uh, Angus's food bar enters, he's playing the- they're playing on a speaker a Coolio song. The music stuff makes total yeah, sense. copyright like, I, yeah I, I it's just not worth it to them yeah, yeah it, it's, it makes total sense and i mean for the missing episodes like i mean i've i've got like downloads that are like generations old and like, like the mm-hmm. only source for this stuff and it's such a shame that like this is an issue that like prevents people from seeing a good number of the classic episodes yeah uh, it's I, true i, I yeah. recall it being our, our lower half <laughs> the ones that they were missing so what was yeah. the worst loss in the world but most shows from the 90s and onwards are like available complete officially in some form like you know they're out there it, it's so I'm sad that especially the dvds thing like it's they print it on demand <laughs> like you know it, the fact that uh, yeah. so so parts of these episodes are gone and missing i heard it from like a, a not confirmed source but that two heads are better than none at one point there was like a, an opening title sequence to that in the so first theory this... do you know about this <laughs> so, wesley uh, I do know a little bit about this. This is interesting. This is something I was going to bring up with you guys off mic, actually. But there love is it. a completely different cut of Two Heads Are Better Than None with, like, the broken into three with, like, separate opening credits for all three. Wow. And I have it on a VHS somewhere. Oh. I re- because Children's BBC aired it here in th- across three weeks, and they have this separate cut. And I really need to dig the video out and get those, like, bits to you or on YouTube or something. Because, like, as far as the internet's concerned, they just don't seem to exist. And yeah. I, I have seen them. You times. have them. Yeah, somewhere. We, them. we yeah. in the internet must see these. <laughs> totally i'm I'm gonna have to dig that i'm foaming at the mouth (laughs) (laughs) like for years i didn't even know that i just thought it was accepted that there were like a couple versions of two heads are better than none Mm -hmm. and then looking it up a few years back i'm like wow there's no evidence of this cut on the internet at all wow yeah Yeah, potential gold mine i feel like that's probably what happened with the end cuts right so they were stored somewhere (laughs) and then (laughs) they're just in this storage room, this film they're, they're room. They're languishing on some server yeah. somewhere yeah, or something. Like, no one know, even knows they're there. In <laughs> the ether, you know. How many times yeah. have you, like, changed computers and lost files? You're like, ah, I don't know. 90s storage was a crazy thing. I, As one more anecdote to close this out, I, I was le- reading up on some uh, Lego Island soundtrack stuff. If you, It, it was a 90s uh, computer ROM game. Uh, they had some of the high quality like rips like they found them 
uh, but the true master original documents were lost in a houseboat incident. <laughs> like they were stored Jeez. on a houseboat and they were they've been lost to sea. What? <laughs> like, like to me wow. that's insane. Like that's what but that's old media. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Sometimes Yeah. On a houseboat. That's crazy, man. Wow. On a houseboat. Well, I love it. well, does anybody have maybe that's what this podcast is for. We can finally try to piece together all the missing pieces. <laughs> yeah. Right. After we're done with Keenan and Cal, you're gonna move on to like finding lost media. That's just your purpose now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh so uh to, to quick end the scene here. Um, Keenan and Kel go back on stage. Uh, Keenan's looking normal. Kel is enormous. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Kel is great in size. Well, yeah. Why is this, Wesley? Uh, Kel is concerned about ending up all naked on television like Keenan, so he's decided to take the opportunity to wear 67 layers of clothing today. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> And Keenan's all like, did you, get, did you get my clothes back? He's like, yeah, yeah, they're on, they're on here. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like either layer 36 or layer number two. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> two really funny number poles. <laughs> Just, it might be the second one I put on, actually. <laughs> uh, so Keenan's able to reach in and pull out his wallet. His money's still there. Great. Uh, but he's got a new plan to how, of how to spend that money. Uh, yeah, he asked him to grab a handkerchief, 12 pounds of ice, and a knockwurst, uh, which I, I guess is some kind of like German sausage. It ends in wurst, so I guess yep, so. And meet, and meet him at the blood bank. Come on, Blimpy. Because he's so large. Yep. <laughs> and, and as he says that, he knock, claps him on the back. Kel falls down. Uh, can't get up. And he says, oh, here it goes, and rolls off stage. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So and that, that's the episode. Do you guys know that there's only like, like, 25 blimps in the world <laughs> i didn't know that wow <laughs> it's like some randomly low number but it, it, it there's like no blimps left that's crazy I, I yeah. it makes sense i i suppose i thought there were more well uh aaron wesley i have to ask you whose fault do you think this episode was keenan's or kel's kel misses a few key opportunities here you know yeah keenan tears the rice pants i think fundamentally we could have avoided the whole kind of concluding tragedy if kel had had the kind of uh the intelligence to just pick up keenan's clothes from the other side of the shop when they were hanging there so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with kel for this one i think aaron what are your thoughts i have to second wesley's uh, logic <laughs> Yeah, th this one this one is Kel's fault. Um, I mean, Kel, from the get-go, like, he, he was so mean to Rudy. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I love just pulling in these different world religions here. Because uh, it's just one of my many interests. But I feel like this whole episode is the karmic unfolding of those mean comments to Rudy. Right? <laughs> just like, for Keenan, it's like, you know, he's yeah. like... I am mad at these pants or something, and then and then they're just mean to her, and then misfortune. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm with both of you. Kel could have repaired this scene at any moment that he thought of. <laughs> like yeah. he could have he could have made it good several times, but instead yeah. he chose the the worst possible option each go around. <laughs> Speaking of lost media, Wesley, I want to have one more <laughs> chat with you about the. Uh, <laughs> One of the other reasons why we reached out, uh, the Lost Keenan Kel books. Yeah, so th this is interesting. So you, you you wrote to me asking about a couple of the, the later books like Frankelstein, but there were a couple of books. I, I did some research on them uh, many years ago now that they're listed as having been published, um, 
but there's no trace of them anywhere on the internet. The top of my head, I don't remember their name. Once I believe uh, he said, she said. That's or, right. Or, yeah, that... or yeah, he, he said, he said, maybe it's like a play yeah. on that. That's the, ones, that's the one. Yeah, and the other one's like a, like a camping themed one. <clears throat> that's the one, yeah. So I, I really went down the rabbit hole with those a few years back um, to see if they had ever made it to print. And I eventually got hold of a kind of casual acquaintance who's a bookseller uh, who looked them up on his like internal system. Um, and he said that they were like uh, deleted on the day of release, like discontinued on the day of release, which he says generally means they would never have actually been published. So I'd love to know if like the manuscripts are lurking out there or if there were ever like any like test copies or review copies printed before they decided to pull them. Yeah. Um, so if anyone out there is listening and has them, please get in touch with all of us. I'm sure we'd all be thrilled to hear about <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Uh, my goal is to hopefully lily pad over and some people that pro did production on Keenan and Kel and ultimately get to Steve Holland, the author. He'll that, know. I mean, that that would be. I tried. I, I tried emailing him once, and he didn't reply. But you guys have got a podcast behind you. I, if he's going to reply to anyone, it's got to be you guys. You mean the Savage Savage Steve? No, there's a second Savage Steve that wrote episodes for Keenan and Cal. What? No, stop <laughs> it! Stop no, no, it right now. Uh, there's Savage Steve. Then there's just Steve Holland, who did like a couple episodes in season one. It's. And he also he's credited for writing these books, uh, including Good Burger to Go. They have to be related in some regard. <laughs> I, I think it's just a coincidence. That's wow. why he's savage. They, they, they can't be two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Amazing. So uh, let, let's get our final thoughts about this episode. So just kinda, let's go around before we, we do our number ratings. Uh, Wesley, what, what do you think of, of Close Encounters? I know this is a very personal one to you. Yeah, so the, I'm a big fan of this episode. I remember joining halfway through the kind of farcical clothing store sequence and being like wow this just keeps escalating and escalating i couldn't breathe from laughing the first time so it has that nostalgic attachment for me but above and beyond that i do think it's a really great example of keenan and kel's kind of classic escalating farce in general ultimately it revolves around this kind of one central in incident that just keeps escalating the buffoonery is continuously heightened it's really just one extended skit but it works really well for me. So even though it's not all that in the plot stakes, there's a lot of comedy here for me. I, I rate it pretty highly. All right. Aaron? Um, yeah, I, I love Wesley's analysis of this episode. Uh, I completely agree. It did feel like one long skit. I think Kel was exceptional. His character was played so well. Uh, his facial expressions, his slapstick, awesome. Um, and I love how Keenan was just kind of like desperate this episode. You know, like he, he, he totally lost control of the situation, which happens every single week. But this time he really is like, he looks like worn down. And I think it's just kind of like, you know, from a meta standpoint, I think it's kind of funny. It's like, it's like this is a great show, um, that, but this does keep happening to these two guys. Kel is unfazed by all the things happening. Keenan, it feels all of it. So I love this episode. I thought it was really, really good. Definitely up there for me in this season. Kel was different throughout a lot of it. He's kind of, we've mentioned there's different Kels throughout the show. This one, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a mix of them. This is a Kel that's kind of, oblivious but he's also the Kel that he is the hype man Kel is great uh, that's a lot of fun I recall seeing this one when I was younger and it, it still stuck with me apparently for all this time if I sold that phobia <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I put it in a sim similar category somewhere around like freezer burn for how Kel heavy it is but also around where uh, 
I think uh, Attack of the Bugman is for Hal, like the the you know pinnacle of awkwardness. On IMDb, this episode has a 7.4 out of 10 and is ranked 38, kind of right in the middle of the 62 episodes. Uh, out of 10 bottles of orange soda, how many would you give it? Aaron first. I'm gonna give it eight bottles of orange soda. Really solid episode. Uh, not one of my not one of my absolute favorites. But it really uh, holds up, especially with season three and with the first-time writer of Andrew Hirsch. Virgil, of course, did a great job. Virgil Fabian, the, the uh, director. So, eight bottles for me. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a real memorable one for me. The, the only flaw I have in it is just the, the kind of flimsiness of the premise. Keenan wants to buy a video game, and then his wallet's in his pants. <laughs> and it's it, even at the end, he's like, he didn't... He finds his wallet and he's like, ah, who cares about that video game? So, right. uh, but beyond that, you know, the, the stakes are fun. It, it's a it's a classic episode. It's going to get an eight from me as well. Eight bottles. Uh, Wesley? Objectively, I think I'd roll with an eight as well. But the nostalgia element just bumps it up by like a half point for me. I think I'd settle with 8.5. It's not a top favorite, probably not top 10 material for me. But I have such fond memories of it, and what it lacks in kind of plot development or like justification for the mechanics of the plot certainly makes up for with laughs. Well said. I, I'm all for a boosting a, an episode I fondly regard or remember. Uh, so, uh, Wesley, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. I think we learned about different cultures and our shared culture of Keenan and Kel. <laughs> uh, where can uh, our listeners find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Wesley Mead. Uh, you can also just search for my name or head to wesleymead.co.uk. You can find my writing from various places online at those locations. And uh, yeah, you know, tweet at me, say hi. L- let me know if you need to learn anything about Britain. I'll do my best to answer. <laughs> Wesley, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and getting to know you and meeting you. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on. Uh, if you could be our sleuth and get us those. those yeah, clips. for those two heads are better than none. Yeah. Going to do my best for those for sure. <laughs> it's, it's been such a pleasure being on here, guys. I'd love to come back. Yeah, thank you for being such a great fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. That's what we do here. Um, We will see our audience next week when we review We Are the Champions, um, written by Steve Friedman and directed by Virgil Fabian. Yeah, as we continue to count down the season three, the longest of the seasons. Yes, we're almost almost done. Uh, Any last words, anybody? Well, I want to quick ask Wesley, uh, you've probably heard our debate about the seasons. Uh, Where does season three rank up for you? So my season ranking... Mm-hmm. is uh, two, one, three, four. Uh, but there is not a lot in it between two, one, and three. For me, like four is that little step down. Mm. Two, one, and three, I watched them pretty... E- I mean, I must have seen each of those seasons several dozen times. Um, and they, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. I enjoyed the introduction of Sharla and Mark. I think that added kind of... Th- the show needed mixing up a little bit after those first 26, 27 episodes. I don't think the highs scale quite as high as seasons one and two, but I mean, there's really not a lot in it for me. Right. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the insight. That's that's awesome. I'd love to hear it because you know we we are as we're mapping out the Keenan and Kel like you know ratings and stuff like that. We want it. We got to need a point of reference. Give me an hour. I could probably come up with a spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, breaking down every season, every character, oh. every scene out of ten. What do you think this podcast <laughs> is about? well wesley we'll we'll get we have to have you back on at some point we really appreciate you 
Um, and we really appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, this show would not be a show if there were not people to support Keenan and Kel. So thank you so much, everybody. Um, until next week. Oh, here it goes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you want to stay in touch, send us an email at KeenanKelPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash KeenanKelPodcast. Our social media accounts are all at KeenanKelPodcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody.